liberty lockdown please scan your barcode your liberty ain't gone but yeah it's on hold where did it come from and where did it go it requires a fight not tweeting from your phone don't need a king get him off the fucking throne if you're riding with the thought you've always got a home the virus is scared of will come and it'll go the government knows this don't get treated like a hoe Today on Liberty Lockdown, I have the great Maj Ture, the founder of Black Guns Matter. He is one of my favorites. You've seen him everywhere. He is absolutely doing the work that we need, and I am so grateful that I was able to have an hour with him. We had only planned for 30, but it was going so damn well, he didn't even cut me off and just let me run an hour, because he's a legend. We will probably get pulled off of YouTube, so you may be switching over from there to have this, uh, this listen. And I hope you did. I hope you subscribed on YouTube and as well as Spotify, iTunes, wherever else you get your podcasts. It's free. Why not? Just helps a brother out. And you are probably a first-time listener because you just saw me on Tim Pool. This episode came out a day prior to that recording, but I am flying to D.C. on Monday to do that. And if you enjoyed my eventual destruction of the Federal Reserve, which is my intention with that appearance, uh, then I think you will really enjoy my show. I have a Great financial background in uh, first trustee lending, but also with an Austrian bent, I have a very unique perspective that honestly, I don't know many people that have my exact purview. Uh, So I hope that you enjoy it. I hope that you use it to better your life. I think that there's a lot of merit in this, uh, this worldview, and it's helped me tremendously to get ahead financially, and I think if you stick around long enough, it can help you too. This episode is brought to you by our friends over at The Daily Job Hunt. If you are one of the many millions of people that get, got laid off during lockdowns, or if you're just someone who's in a dead-end 9-to-5, I would highly recommend that you go to crash.co backslash daily and sign up for The Daily Job Hunt newsletter. It is a once daily newsletter that arrives in your inbox every morning for free, gives you some information on how to be the applicant that employers are looking for. It also will inspire. It'll also get you fired up to maybe even go out and start that business you've been thinking of forever. If you are listening to Maj Ture talk about this stuff, the solutionary lifestyle starts here. Well, actually it starts with Black Guns Matter, but it can also start here. So go to crash.co backslash daily to sign up. It's free. Unsubscribe anytime if you don't like it, but I think you'll love it. I have been getting it for a couple weeks now. I think it's just a great product. Again, go to crash.co backslash daily. Let's get into the show. Welcome, everybody, to, to another episode of Liberty Lockdown. I've got the founder of Black Guns Matter, the progenitor of the solutionary lifestyle, Mr. Maj Ture himself in the building. Welcome aboard. What's up? How are you? I'm good, man. I'm Clint, by hey, the way. Nice to meet you. I, I, I fucked it up last time. I think we, what, what did I do? The signal dropped or something? No, no, that was, uh, that was Tower Gang. That wasn't even my show. That oh, was just right, my okay. buddies. All right. yeah, yeah, we had, yeah. we had connection issues, so I'm, I'm glad yeah. we were able to make it happen. Um, yeah. I wanted to start because I've never heard you talk about your childhood. I know we don't have a ton of time, but if you could give me a little bit, if you're comfortable with it, of like, what, what made Maj Ture Maj Ture? Philly. All right. Um, our our version of poverty. Like I, I was watching something where today Meek Mill was down in um, Virginia and Richmond with Governor Ralph Northam talking about. Um, he was there to talk about the the uh, probation reform bill that Governor Northam is you know signing or signed. 
And on one hand, I'm like, yeah, that's a good thing. Probation for a lot of things that, you know, of all of this time over dudes heads for a long time. That's kind of dumb. But then I'm like, man, in our neighborhood, they've convinced us that like this is progress to give less probation for something that shouldn't even be unlawful in the first place. So everything is relative. So um, my upbringing was based in relative poverty. And I say relative in that regard, because some of the things that we complain about now, even even as adults now, some of the stuff that our younger generations complain about, we tend, we tend to be like, what? We had dial-up. What the fuck are you talking about? Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So Philadelphia- You must, you must be my age. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, yeah. I, remember, I remember that. You know what I mean? I, all of the advent of technology that we have, some of the things that are issues, like now's the best time for you to get money. You could create a podcast for relatively inexpensive. You can use your phone. So my point in saying that is, relative to because I, I don't want to sound um unappreciative but philadelphia you know and being from you know a, a rougher time in philadelphia is what kind of made me me in that regard and outside of that just uh and that relative poverty outside of that and just reading i used to get blasted and go down and take tours of like city hall and like um Independence Hall, you know, where the Constitution was written. Yeah. And I thought that shit was fascinating, man. And yeah. I, and I, and I, cause it's in the same city. Right, right. You know, I used to take tours of the Masonic Hall and I would see all, they got an Egyptian room in there and all of this other stuff. So just interesting things and just reading a lot of the things that people say you shouldn't read. Mm-hmm. The stuff that people say, oh man, don't read that. I'm reading it. So those are the things that kind of, in my youth especially, that kind of prompted me to be the being that I am. Man, I, I dig that. The uh, yeah, you brought up Meek Mill. His dreams and nightmares track is like the embodiment of Philly for me. I, as someone who doesn't know shit about it, it's like it's like it's so it's so grimy. It's so it just fires you the fuck up, man. I I'm I'm glad I'm glad he's out. Uh, it's about time. Yeah, I'm glad he's out. I'm glad he's speaking up for. I, I have some disagreement with some of the approach, but um. I'm glad someone with that plat that level of platform is addressing some of these issues. And I will I will be a fool. I mean, we're not gonna agree with everybody. Of course. But I will be a fool to not acknowledge that he got, you know, the, the Democrats in California, a lot of brothers are gonna come home or get less time, you know, and that's a step in the direction of hey, maybe, maybe these things, maybe voluntary or consensual transactions shouldn't land people in prison. Like it didn't land like the founding fathers intended. It didn't mm-hmm. land them in prison when they had, you know, cannabis farms and poppy fields and all that other good stuff back in the day. It's just a consensual, yo, you want to shoot heroin? Cool. That person sells heroin. That's a transaction. That's commerce. Mm-hmm. And it would, you know, the Portugal model has been a very interesting model in watching that. Yeah. How damn near the so-called black market has dried up in a few years and violent crime tumbled over those two years so saying that to say that's a step in the right direction and i and i appreciate somebody especially being from philly utilizing the platform to do something like that for sure yeah i think uh also in portugal you know fatality rates overdose rates everything's dropped it's just been an overwhelming success so it's i think that's the frustration for libertarians is you you have actual evidence now that our ideas work in reality Mm -hmm. 
and yet we still struggle with it. And I think my biggest gripe with the the BLM movement was exactly that, that like it wasn't, they weren't actually calling for the reforms, at least the ones that I that I saw, they weren't calling for the reforms that would have alleviated some of this over-criminalization that we have right. in that community. Uh, is there is there a meaningful backlash towards BLM at this point? I, I know obviously you you have your own take on it, but is it becoming less popular more broadly or is that just my worldview? No, I think the media is making them be the fall guy now. Mm, I think okay. I think that, and I'm not saying BLM the organiz the incorporated. Right, right, right. It, much like much like Antifa, much like a lot of conservative organizations, just say stuff. They just say stuff. It doesn't really challenge the status quo. It's an argument that people have been having. The conversation about fascism and socialism, people had that like every 40 years. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not, you know, our, our attention spans are short. Right. So we forget. And then we think it's like this new thing. And, you know, we haven't really touched free market capitalism for a very long time. A mixed economy is great. However, we got a gang of cronyism masquerading as free market capitalism. So of course people in 30, 40 years are going to be like, yo, we got to try something different, right. especially along with the inflation. You know, in, in five years ago, how much the difference between that can of soda then and that can of soda now is. So it's nothing different in regards to BLM. Um, I think that they would they would scapegoat for a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. And it happened every four years. Black Lives Matter popped up around the 2016 thing. You know, God bless the dead. Guys like, um, you know, Darren Seal said they were bought after they got co-opted. That, that Black Lives Matter movement was started as the Ferguson movement. A, a bunch of the guys that started that movement, like Darren Seals, were murdered. He was shot in the head twice and his car was set on fire. I went to Ferguson to see what was up with that. And they're not even investigating it as a suicide. It was like, I mean, as a homicide, it's a suicide. They let wow. them tell it. Yeah. He got so shot twice? Say, they was always going to be the fall guys. I, I mean, like, they're they going to be the fall guys. But the reality is they the fall guys because we let them. We mm -hmm. let them be. You know what I'm saying? We 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 pick our little sides. And we we all have been guilty of this at one point or another, myself included. Um, we pick a side and we... We tend to ignore the facts when it 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 it, it makes our sides narrative look a little weaker. Mm -hmm. So we play this gang mentality game, game, and then the other side is winning or losing, and we respond or react to that win or lose, and then vice versa. There's a movie of Sherlock Holmes, the second one, The Game of Shadows. Moriarty, his whole play was, I want to I want to sell the bullets and the bandages. Right. I want to start the war. To, I want to sell to both quote unquote sides. There's another movie, Lord of War, with Nicolas Cage, where he spoke about, <laughs> I sell the rightist, I sell the leftist. He's like, you truly can't call yourself an international gun runner until you've supplied your enemies the guns to kill your own country. Right. <laughs> it's so true, man. These people operating clandestine in the shadows, Antifa, BLM, right, left, Democrats, Republicans. Once somebody got to take the fall for the moment, they're going to make themselves be the villain to make to then present the solution. And I presented both of them, but you mm -hmm. might not know that I'm presenting both of them. So 
That's what that is. That's just the political theater that happens, but that's our fault. Yeah. We don't study enough. We don't recognize civics for the powerful thing that it is. And we, we relying on the enemies of the people to inform us. Like Malcolm X said that, how dare you? Like what type of fool you gotta be to let your enemy educate your children, you know? And it's, that's I'm, one a, of I'm a bit more nihilistic lately. <laughs> well, I hope you're not losing your fire, man. Uh, nah, we, I'm, we still need I'm, you. I'm, I'm just, I'm not losing my fire. I'm recognizing that more people don't have fire. They just tweet ah. cool shit. <laughs> I feel that. No, that's a that's a huge problem. And and I, I think that, you know, I'll just speak for the libertarian crowd. There's a huge problem with tribalism within the libertarian movement as well. It, you know, they get like they want to dunk on BLM as opposed to you, seeing it as an opportunity to actually get the reforms that we believe in. And I understand it because there's a tremendous amount of built up frustration. We have been trying to get, you know, drug laws dropped and all this other bullshit dropped for decades. And it's frustrating, you know? So when you see someone that comes out that kind of gets the spotlight and they don't focus on the things that you wish they would, that you know would help, and then they fail or they start to become, you know, the pariah from the media, you know, I get, I get the instinct, but I just feel like people have to keep their eye on the prize, you know, have, have the perspective that, are we trying to actually improve this world or not? You know, or right. are we trying to get clout and shit like right. that? Right. When I played basketball, I was a point guard. I don't have to score for us to win a championship. Right. I just got to dish the rock and see the floor. Right. And then the better point guards are the one or players in general are the players that can help their teammates see the floor the way that they see the floor. I don't I don't care about. Like, to be perfectly honest, when you look at the psychopaths that run the world, I'll give you an example. When was the last time anybody's heard from or seen Dick Cheney on the news? It's been, been a hot minute. <laughs> Is he less lethal? No. Well, I Is mean, he less he's powerful. Yeah. But he's more invisible. It's a right. game of shadows. Right, right, right. So knowing that, like when people want... I, Around here somewhere, I got, I got a bunch of books by Zbigniew Brzezinski. People don't even know how to pronounce his fucking name. <laughs> you know, he's, so, and he's responsible for most of our foreign policy. So right, and so it's like the grand chessboard is like literally the playbook. Mm -hmm. And so, in recognizing that, sometimes you got to be willing. I want to play the point guard. I don't look. People think LeBron James is rich. There's people that write checks for LeBron James. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, so we got to start looking at it that way. And the libertarian movement, and I'm, I'm, and I'm going to publicly say this, and I've never said this before. I apologize to anyone that my strength has offended. I apologize to anyone in the libertarian movement that felt like, man, this guy's getting some shine that, because it, it truly wasn't my intention to do it that way. My intention was, yo, get the hood involved. And that can be very threatening, you know, especially if you've carved out this little niche for yourself and you've created a bunch of yes men. Me coming through, bringing a bunch of strong urban people, that, that on, on site could seem like I'm attempting to take you over. It's not what my goal is. 
my truth just reflected your your insecurity in that area. Right. So I apologize. And I'm on this show extending the olive branch to anybody that I told eat a dick, anybody that I told, you know, anything, even <laughs> anybody that just my presence rubbed you the wrong way. I promise you that wasn't my intention. And I say this because I'm looking at the, 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 the caucuses fighting libertarians or the ideology can restore the constitutional republic that we have. If we don't get involved and strengthen it through the subculture of urban culture and influx that into the overall liberty movement, we run the risk of America not existing. Facts. And like, I think people get complacent and think like, um, America could like not be here, bro. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll be fine on this landmass and whatever it's called. Like, I'll be fine. You know, my family will be fine, but I fear for other people that haven't, that are taking these things for granted. So I'm going to do my part, at least for the next, the rest of this year. And, you know, unless I retire, I'm going to do my part to try to give as much energy as I can publicly and behind the scenes to make the Liberty movement even stronger. So again, that's my olive branch to anybody that I cussed out that I checked. Fuck it. It's over. Whatever you did, it's over. I love it. Well, if you I, want to reach out, reach out. I won't, I won't cuss at you. Anymore. <laughs> well, I love it. And, and I, like I said earlier, I, I understand the frustration and, and the energy that you're coming at this with. So I've definitely said some things that I, I regret and uh, maybe not even regret, but just like, I, I could have handled it better, you know? Mm, uh, mm. So I, I feel you on that. And then also I, my 19th episode of my show, the one that like kind of got the most traction to get my show off the ground was called why is America still worth fighting for? Mm. And and I, I lay out just the preposterous odds that we mm. would get a country like this with these mm. laws. And, and I'm an ANCAP, so I'm not like, I'm not like, oh, it was perfect, or you know, we should die for it for, per se. But I'll just tell you, if you look at the, the grand scope of history, it is a <laughs> damn special place. And you're a fool if you forget that. So what those guys did with their contradictions. They studied the best of governments and the limitations and, and worst of governments and took a little bit from ancient Kemet, took a little bit from Rome, took mm -hmm. a little bit from Greece, took a little bit from here, took a little bit from France. Sidebar, the French motherfuckers and the revolutions over there, those dudes, Bastiat was on that shit, you know what I mean? <laughs> so these guys were smart in that regard. And again, they're humans. They're going to have their shit with them, you know? But they did create something that was with flaw, but mm -hmm. nah, bro. Like when I look at like, so I live in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. William Penn was a fucking genius. Mm. William Penn and wanting to do trade with the Lenape people that were here first, the indigenous, you know, crews that was here. Mm -hmm. Philadelphia was a place where women had a say in business. Like, religious freedom like these dudes was on it um and some had they bullshit with them but still nonetheless you're right they 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 crafted something at least on paper right and then was like yo we got maybe a couple of hundred years of this because usually these empires fall around this amount of time right and the way this shit looking now i'm like yeah it's about that time <laughs> hopefully we can extend that and i would love to yeah but um i can hear yeah, the they, clock ticking though 
Yeah, they yeah, and they and they they, they wrote some real shit. They they did and yep. with, again with their contradictions. I don't want nobody to be like Maj is justifying oh, the no. fact that dudes had you know had people captive. I'm not justifying that. No. I'm saying how it was written. You know, it's like Nas's album. It was written. It was written very well. Yeah. No, and I think it's a, a kind of a good tie back to your earlier statement about how you may have grow, grown up in relative poverty. But yeah. we, we grew up in relative freedom. Like it, right. this is not a declaration of, um, you know, grand superiority. Like we had it, yeah. we had it perfect. But if you look around the globe, not just today, but historically, I mean, it's it's unbelievable how much better it is here than elsewhere. So um, I, I wanted to I get. I your... wish they would have got better, man. I... I'm remiss if I don't talk about the slavery shit. Oh, of course, yeah. No, that was that was definitely the biggest fuck up. God damn, I wish they would have fucking like if they Thomas got that right. Payne, but they had they had reps that was like, bro, I'm not doing that. Thomas right. Payne, T Payne was like, no, dude. Like, come on, Tom. Like, you just wrote the Declaration of Independence type type <laughs> shit. Like, you know right, what I mean? Right. Like, so like I wish more of those guys would get more shines. Um, Sam Adams, you know. And, and again, guys like John Brown, mm-hmm. like that was like, yo, fuck this slavery shit. Like it, it got to be violent then. Yep. Those, those, are, those are men of my own heart. So that's, but that's just me. I, I just was watching the Patriot a couple of nights ago. <laughs> so, you know. I love it. Well, I want to get your, I want to get your take on uh, David Chipman, the incoming head of the ATF potentially. Um, I, as a libertarian, I despise the ATF and its very core that, that, that it even exists is infuriating. But to have this man become the head of it, uh, I view it as a borderline declaration of war against the people. Is that an overstatement? Yeah. No, I'm going to tell you a, a statement that's very. I hope whatever everything that he does to he's done to other people, I, I wish and pray that somebody does it to him. I wish him pray. Now, if he did nothing wrong, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong about the things that he may have <laughs> did. But if he did, I hope that the same exact thing happens to him. Yep. Little That's karma. the most politically correct way I could say that shit. Yeah. Because if I if I was to say some shit like, I hope that somebody shoots David Shipman in the fucking face, somebody would take that the wrong way and say I'm advocating for that. That's right. why I'm not saying that I wish somebody <laughs> shoots David Shipman in the fucking face. That's why I'm not saying that. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying, you know. If he did something to men, women, and children in Waco, if he did, I think that the, I would pray that the same thing karmically on a right. spiritual level, the same thing would happen to him. But I'm not saying somebody should find where David Shipman lives and light his fucking life up. I'm not saying that. I'm saying the opposite. Oh, my God. That may be my favorite moment in Liberty Lockdown history right there. Uh, so let's get back. You quoted... Uh, uh, a famous scholar, philosopher. Once upon a time, I got some quotes to read for you because this, I mean, this dude is speaking to my soul now. And when I was younger, I, I definitely categorized myself more in the MLK vein. Um, mm-hmm. But here's some quotes for you. The, the white liberals who have been, you know, you know who it is as soon as That's I say Malcolm. that. Yeah. <laughs> who have been posing as our friends have failed us. The white liberal is the worst enemy to America and the worst enemy to the black man. The quote, the part of that quote that doesn't get enough attention is that he says the worst enemy to America. I think mm-hmm. that's a really important thing because you know he's always looked at as just interested in his people, mm-hmm. but and and perhaps he was, but that that quote 
is really impactful because he is talking about, you know, the whole, the whole unit. And, and I think that's, it's so true, man. And I've just really realized that over the past couple of years as as the left has gotten completely fucking crazy, but it really feels that way. Do you think, do you, I mean, what do you think? Malcolm X, man. Malcolm X and his teachings and his ideology and his growth. A lot of people are alive because of me studying Malcolm, like Malcolm and his growth. Oh, I love that. Like Malcolm's like a spiritual father to a lot of us. Mm -hmm. Um, And some people I know mainstream media sometimes make focuses on pre Mecca Malcolm without giving the proper context. So one, you got to deal with the fact that Malcolm's father was murdered by Klan members, pushed in front of a trolley car and cut in half. Mm -hmm. That's one. His family was shattered. His mom went crazy. We're talking about during a time where there's a type of violence towards melanated beings that you or I will hopefully never see again. Let's pray. So my entire structure in life and growing up as Malcolm X has been hate towards me. So what the fuck? Quite naturally, in nature, if nature's being aggressive towards me or elements in nature, I'm going to be aggressive towards it. Mm-hmm. So they talk about Malcolm pre-Mecca. They don't talk about him changing. They don't talk about quotes like that, the full quote. Mm -hmm. They don't talk about uh, when he comes back post-Mecca Malcolm that says, listen, I deal in humanity, I deal in love, but there's certain things that the Black community, because then that was still the 60s. -hmm. You know, he is single-handedly the most in contemporary America, contemporary, you know, relatively. Sure, sure. The single most important freedom fighter internationally that I've known. I looked for flaws. When I, it's easy to find flaws in the founding fathers. You own humans. Boom. Right. Flaw. Yeah, done. The FBI tried to go to Malcolm with the, with the, with an offer of like, I want to say maybe like $6 million or some number at the time. Don't, 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 y'all don't hold me too tight to the number. Sure. Like three or four times it was like, look, we just want you to, you know, rat, be a rat basically. And Betty Shabazz said that he told them no respectfully and so easy, like it was 10 cents. That's principles. Very few people have. You understand? And yeah. so the story goes that when he was murdered, he knew it was coming. And at the Audubon Ballroom in Harlem, he told them to, he didn't want armed security at that event because he wanted to just let it be done because he feared that if they didn't get him, they would get his wife or his daughters. Wow. That just gave me chills. Malcolm X and giving his life for the people is proof that he was braver than all of us who haven't given our lives for it. You know? So yes, that true, that, that quote about Ma- what Malcolm said about not only white liberals being, and I'm saying white because it's the quote, but also I'll, I'll add to that. Now that it's not just white liberals, it's white liberal policy. And it was white liberal policy then. Sure. Absolutely. It's the most dangerous shit. Now I have to, 
clarify because extreme leftists are very good at repurposing words and definitions. Classic liberals was about that freedom. No, yeah, I am one. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And yeah. so it's like, we gotta be careful because I, I try to push this. I believe that this shit is spiritual, right? If I can change your reality, which is what a spell is, mm-hmm. spelling, words, incantations. I believe there's power in taking those words back. I say this to my gay friends all of the time. I'm like, yo, bro, when was the gay people meeting that they were like, we're going to use the like the rainbow flag? And all of my gay friends are like, I actually don't fucking know. Like, I wasn't <laughs> at the fucking meeting. And I'm like, damn, bro. And so the thing is, there was a repurposing of that. When I was growing up, the rainbow meant like colors, like Sesame Street and shit, right? Mm-hmm. There's power in words. So I want to say that about that quote because I want people to understand the actual definition mm-hmm. and the current perceived or uh, recognized definition, which isn't really the definition. Mm-hmm liberal liberty libertarians mm-hmm. so but when he's t- when he was talking about he was speaking on those guys that'll pretend like they're your motherfucking friend i've been i was talking to a buddy of mine today and we were talking about you have, you know like you ever been in a fight with like it's one or two of your homies and it's like seven dudes or three homies and one homie will run on you there's nothing worse than somebody pretending like they're your friend and then they run on you in the middle of a fight. That's what that type of liberal does. They pretend like they're your friend. And when shit hit the fan, poof. They're gone. <laughs> yeah, they're gone. So, yeah, I think Malcolm was not think. Malcolm was spot on with the shit. Yep. Look at policies. You got folks like AOC. Come on, bro. Like, But still, I want to be careful on this, too, because they're still Americans. Sure. Calling out the legislation that has been faulty and not beneficial. Um, allowing media to allow us to polarize each other. AOC still my sister. You know, if you want the Trump side of things, you you still my brother and sister. If you want the extreme right, extreme left, you still my brother and sister. You might just not know it, mm-hmm. but I can't allow the Geppettos behind the scenes, the Zbigniew Brzezinski's of the world, you know, or the Henry Kissingers of the world. I can't allow them to put the battery in my back. I can I can say where those policies have been damaging and not beneficial. And then I can do the same thing on the other side. I can't, you know, the whole new argument is critical race theory. And I'm like, yo, bro, where did that come from? Critical race theory was the thought process of evaluating how institutions legally and lawfully created legislation to attack and limit people of color, melanated beings, or whatever phrase you want to use. Redlining existed. That is, and explaining that is a form of what critical race theory was created for. Now, if you don't know that, and you're just repeating the Prager you talking point, and you're saying, "Oh, it's based in Marxism," you, one, you can't even argue against it thoroughly because you don't know where it came from right. to show where it has worked and where it has merit and where it doesn't. Now, again, obviously, we're dealing with an extreme leftist representation. Again, going back to that power of words, mm-hmm. power to cast a different spell. But if you know the actual thing that this comes from, they can't even use it. I said this to another buddy of mine today. The gun community, we are just now starting to. Huge shouts to Walk the Talk America, which is a mental health organization that's pro-gun, that focuses on helping people that are gun owners with their mental issues. 
right? 60% of the so-called gun deaths in America are suicides. Those are mental health problems that we can help people with. Because we didn't jump on that and make it gun community's sole mission, we left that as a tool for the opposition to use. That's a great point. Critical race theory is the same thing. A lot of people railing against it don't know. I know they know they, it has some roots in you know, the Frankfurt School and all that other good stuff, but sure. you got to be able to articulate these points and take the argument away. You have to say, yo, you know, certain practices lawfully happen and were targeted to Black people in America. That's not a myth. Mm -hmm. There's a great book called The Color of Law that everybody should read and look into. If you want to talk about ending the prison industrial complex and how it, is, it deliberately was targeting Black people in America, that's a form of why critical race theory existed to evaluate that. Mm -hmm. But you can't argue against it and how the extreme leftists are using it if you just only got three talking points about right. it. Right. You know, so it's both sides of that. Sure. The founding fathers didn't want parties for this reason because you couldn't that level being in a gang, I'm not allowed to let the other side or the other gang have a valid point per se. Mm -hmm. And we walking around in this gang mentality. And I think Malcolm was one of those exemplary people that you know, this phrase that I've been thinking about lately, Malcolm had ruthless objectivity. Hmm. That phrase, I think I'm going to put it on a sweatshirt this fall. Ruthless objectivity. Yeah. I don't give a fuck if it's my guy on my team. I'm going to check him when we get back to the barracks. Bro, you was wrong there. Right. We're going to fight while we out there <laughs> against the ops. But when we get back, bro, you put us in that shit. You did. Yeah. Well, and He's he or she's supposed to have thick enough skin to go, damn, I put the squad, I put the con, I put the republic, I put the nation at jeopardy by doing that. And that's how we get stronger. So Malcolm, Malcolm absolutely was on that. And he should be everybody should study Malcolm. Everybody. I agree. I totally agree. If you are enjoying this show, please go subscribe to my friend and sponsor, Peddling Fiction Podcast. Unfortunately, his episodes got ripped from iTunes when we first started this ad run and there was this porting issue that they did on iTunes. It screwed all the podcasters over. If you're just a listener, you don't know what I'm talking about. That's okay. But it was devastating for many podcasters. So uh, it's all fixed now and you can find Peddling Fiction Podcasts wherever they're sold for free, obviously. And uh, Spotify, iTunes, wherever else. He's got basically my, my worldview, but with better production quality. Can you beat it? No, you can't. So uh, if you are interested in finding some more like-minded individuals that speak your language, speak mine, I think you will find a home at Peddling Fiction Podcast. Stay tuned at the end of this episode for a couple-minute clip from his show, which is just tremendous. I think you guys will love it. Again, subscribe to Peddling Fiction Podcast. Let's get back into the show. And I, I think I just figured out why you rock with the uh, the anarchists and libertarians is because not not all of us, but I think you could recognize that there are some amongst our ranks that would stand side by side with you and fight and die. And, and yeah. I think that they're, that is what people that have that in them seek that out because yeah. they, they realize that day may come. And, mm. and I'm, I'm that type of person. And I think that's why I, I mean, that, that's why I love what you do because every time I hear you talk, I can sense myself in you in a weird mm -hmm. way. Um, and I just think it's really powerful. I actually, I wanted to ask you real quick about your, your CPAC speech. Do you have any professional speaking ability, like uh, training? Because you're damn good at it, man. Nah, I'm an MC. Oh, Just nice. Me too. <laughs> That's good. 
That's it. It's, it. it. There's no. Usually, when I give a speech, I don't even know what I'm going to say. Yeah. Wow. I, I I don't write shit down generally. Yeah, yeah. If you're paying attention to life, I learned this from Sade. Like I listen to old school music, right? Sure. Sade, Sade hasn't put out an album for like at this point maybe like fifteen to twenty years. Dr. Dre, the fuck, with twenty years, the Chronic yeah. two thousand, right? Mm-hmm. They don't got to put out a mixtape. They live in life, and that life translated and understood, genuinely under and overstood. They can tell you stuff. So if I'm studying all the time and evaluating and experimenting with life and watching and seeing and then looking back in the past to go, oh, that's that thing that such and such said 60 years ago. Oh, it's recycled. Mm. You look like you were visionary when you're really just paying attention. That's you know a, what I'm saying? Oh, that's such a great point, man. That, so that's, that's just how I'll be moving out of it. Yeah, no, I dig that. That's that's exactly how I feel about it, because I, I came of age out of college right into the real estate collapse of 0809. Mm. And and I started my own mortgage company and I have a lot of experience in the real estate field. So now I'm warning people. I'm, I'm on Tim Pool Monday night to give my explanation of what I see coming and what yeah. I see happening right now. And, and it's the same way. Like people are like, what are you doing for prep? I'm like, fucking nothing, man. I just live my life. Like I know I know what I'm talking about. So this isn't right. going to be a problem. Right. Um, so I got two more quotes from you or for you. Uh, the media is the most powerful entity on earth. They have the power to make the innocent look guilty and the, and to make the guilty innocent. And that's power because they control the mind of the masses. Whoa, that's prescient. And then also the Democrats are playing you for a political chump. And if you vote for them, not only are you a chump, you are a traitor to your race. That was the last quote that Malcolm X had before he got assassinated. That's pretty wild. It's true. It is true. Malcolm... (laughs) We, there, we got that's a why he's dead. That says media, the most effective devil in America. Right. I got that from Malcolm. You know, um, it's true. We see it. Like, if you want to, you it comes a time where, where your evolution, political, it's all spiritual to me. And maybe that's maybe that's the wrong word to other people, but you you if you're raised Christian and if you still still want to seek more understanding. If you really study the Bible, the King, first of all, there's like 130 different versions of it. So you go like, wait, what? <laughs> Which one is the, if you really want a closer walk with this thing that we call God, you question, you seek, you, you know what I mean? Some things are contradictions. And you, if you're being honest, you have to ask the contradiction. And when you ask, some people act like you're tripping for asking for more knowledge. Hmm. So you go, Okay, wait, wait, wait. So it's Cain and Abel. God first is like, all right, God. And he's like, yo, it's boring as shit. I'm going to make like Adam and Eve. First, I'm going to make like Earth and like the universe and all this other shit. Then he's like, yo, it's boring. I'm going to make a dude. And I'm going to make, you know. <laughs> now he's lonely. Dick. I got to make this girl. <laughs> right. I got to make this girl. All this other stuff. So it's two people. It's Adam and Eve. Don't even talk about the creation of Satan, but he shows up. He's a snake. He tells her like, yo, sis, why don't you just eat the apple? And matter of fact, why don't you get Adam to eat the apple? And she, you know, she's hot. So he's like, oh, shit. Yeah. Then they bite the apple. Oh, shit. Now you got to get out of the garden because you disrespected God. Right. So first I go, well, why would even God play it like that? Like, do I have free will or do I not? Is the story already written or do we, you know, and you ask that question. But then you continue on with the story. They have Cain and Abel. 
And then Cain is the original hater and he kills his brother because he was a <laughs> hater. He, you know, God liked his offering more. And so he ices his brother. And they go, yo, you got to get the fuck out of here, bro. So at the time, it's four people. One's dead. There's three people left. They kick Cain out. He goes to the land of Nod. And he finds a wife. <laughs> Record scratch. Who the fuck is the wife? Where'd she come from? Where the fuck did she come from? <laughs> you can't, like, there's important plot points in this movie. You can't, like, skip the fucking movie four <laughs> scenes and not tell me. Because I'm going to have that question. Wait, there was three people. Who's this chick? You ask that question and some people don't know the answer, but they pretend like they do. So they tell you shit like, don't question God. I'm not questioning God. I'm asking questions about this story because I really want to genuinely understand. Right. So you gravitate. Then you go to different religions and you start to see the same thing. You know, so you mean to tell me that Muhammad just remembered in the entire Quran. He just memorized the whole shit. Nothing on his body was like, let me reword some shit so I benefit from it. Right? Because we're still dealing with humans in a human condition. So then you ask that question and the imam or whatever is like, yo, don't question Allah. I'm not. I'm questioning this book. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with politics. Mm. You see, nah, this dem I'm raised Democrat. Nah, that's some bullshit. How come the hood still looks the same? Wait, so the Republicans are the evil people? Oh, like I said earlier, I read everything. You Don't read that. Those are the bad guys over there. I'm reading that shit. And you start to see the same and then you evolve and you keep evolving. You keep evolving. Then maybe you evolve up to ANCAT. Or you just evolve into, I understand all of these things and I understand which each, with each person that's in whatever lane or whatever step they are on that pyramid. I know how to communicate with them effectively and I'm not going to judge them. Because like contrary to cliche marketing tactics, we all are on this planet together, mm -hmm. right? So then you start having less, like you just get that most people are politically, spiritually, whatever. They just here to learn shit. Then while you're that person, you start to feel like, because you keep growing, like studying quantum physics and all of this other type of shit or whatever you're in. Then you start to feel like Dr. Manhattan and fucking the Watchmen. You feel like you people, you humans are so trapped in nothing and none of this shit matters. Or it does, but it doesn't. Right. And the Arguing scheme. about it solves nothing. Like, mm -hmm. What can we do to like strengthen our human evolution, the human condition? You take human action, right? <laughs> And you just start to become, you have a choice there too. And this is the choice that I think I'm presented with. You know, which is, do you keep going? Knowing that most people are, they're going to move at their own speed towards this evolution of some people. They got to try it in a different body later on or some shit or whatever that is. And then you just go like, cool. And then you have to determine, do I just isolate to focus completely on further evolution for myself and be Dr. Manhattan meditating on the fucking sun where nobody else is at? Or do you choose to participate? It's all choice, you know? And I think that's kind of like those, um, that's where I'm at with it. That's the nihilism you were referencing earlier. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, dude, I'm telling you, I, I go through the same arc, but my, mine is like every 90 days. I go from like <laughs> fired up, let's do this. And then, and then I'm like, fuck all this. I don't, I, I'm just, I'm tired of this world, so to speak, you know? Um, but I, Maybe the shorter 90 days every day 
Maybe it gets shorter and then it becomes each single serving of situation. Ah, interesting. This person is at this stage. What is this teaching me about me? Let me share something with them. I'm not, I'm detached from the outer result of what happens. I shared what I knew and I learned something because, oh man, I hadn't been on that lesson for a while. So it's a refresher course for me. Sure. And that could be second to second interaction and interaction. It's like a, a single on a plane, a single serving pack of sugar is delicious when you have a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. It's not as much sugar as you may like, but it actually makes your, your coffee taste a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And you appreciate that single serving of cream or sugar or insert whatever thing, mm-hmm. peanuts, pretzels, whatever, that small thing of water. And you just appreciate it. And then you go, all right, cool. That was, or you start bringing your own fucking water until you go, damn, they really don't want me to bring my own water, you know? And so that evolution is what is prompting me to say things like, yo, if I said some shit that you were offended by, I promise you my intention when I'm being intentionally disrespectful, I'm going to tell you, fuck you. I'm disrespecting you. Usually that's, after being aggressed upon, sure, you know, um, in whatever way, maybe verbal, and I'm going to retaliate verbally or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but that evolution really is what makes me say things like, nah, it's cool, bro. That shit was two years ago. Right. If you really want to move forward with this evolution, unless you the ops, pretending like you're really down with this thing and you're not. Shout out, Nick. Re- yeah, right. <laughs> if you really want to move forward, then cool. If you don't, then if you really the ops, then that's cool, too. I just recognize what you are. Um, I was watching again this movie. I'm a movie buff. Movies is movies is like downloaded information. Um, Fallen with Denzel Washington, and it was a it was an energy, a demon, so called demon that operated through touch, Azazel. Mm. Man, bro, Azazel might have had you for six months. Mm. You know, you was operating with an energy within you, and cool. If that's the case, I talked to Ed Calderon for like an hour. Ed's manifesto on Instagram yesterday. He, he, he's, he's like a really spiritual dude, but he, he's, he's like, he deals with like getting in per non-permissive down in the cards. He's, he's a master of knowing how to cartel tortures people down in Mexico mm-hmm. and all of that. He's like the world's foremost, that dude. Right. Mm-hmm. But he's very spiritual. And he looks into like the occult or spiritual practices that some of the cartel uses. Some of this shit, man, to me is not just like human. It's not just, Mm. um it's 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 too repetitive like like all of those holy books and all of those religions the story the common theme is too much similar for it to just and i'm not talking about like uh demons whatever <laughs> you know what i'm saying but like it's certain energies that you like yo that's you know even the slang that we use you know, he, that's that he gave me bad vibes mm. vibration so that spiritual science political all of that shit to me at this point is all the same shit, mm-hmm. you know? And that's why I, I believe that I'm somewhat effective in, um, in interacting and engaging with people that really are about liberty. And freedom is when you have free time to like go further down the rabbit hole on your existence. Right. You know, well, then if I got a hundred million dollars, I could just chill in the, you know, the, the, foothills of the Himalayan mountains and just like meditate for a while and reflect, right. you know, without, without thought of, yeah, I want to go to the Himalayan mountains without 
you know, the police going like, yo, your visa's up. Get the fuck out of here. Like real freedom and real liberty, all of those things are tied in together. So I think that's part of the reason why um, people kind of relate to what I'm talking about, because I'm on the plonk scale with it. I'm on the lowest level of that the microscope can see that we're all fucking made of. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? And so. Well, I, I, I'm very similar. I, I, uh, I feel like I have kind of a my meditation path has led me towards um, seeing seeing the humanity even in the people that I, I feel really genuinely want to enslave me and yeah. and trying to I don't know I think I think the the reason I'm I'm so resolved to see the demolition or at least the diminishment of the state is that <clears throat> I want to be able to coexist with these people but not have them have power over me like yeah. I don't give a fuck if you have a bad idea I can still like you as long as you're not trying to put it on me. And that's yeah. that's all I asked for. But um, I, I agree. I mean, about the, the freedom thing, I'm telling you, I got like moderately wealthy about five years ago. Mm-hmm. And I had never I was just on the grind, you know, like I I wasn't reading any philosophy or or meditating or thinking or reflecting. Really, you know, I was just like, I got to get this. You know, I was just yeah. grinding hard and I hit like 32, 33 years old. And all of a sudden I had achieved all these like random um, lines in the sand that I was like interested in getting to. As soon as I got there, I was like, oh shit, I have to reflect on myself now. And, mm-hmm. and it was tough. I mean, Yo, it was- it's like, it's like when rich people, like, like crazy, like rich, like wealthy, oh, sure, like sure, sure. own the color blue fucking rich. Right. <laughs> when they say shit, like I used to be like, when I was like fucked up, it would be like, well, it's not about money. I'm like, what the fuck? Of course you're going to say it's not about money. You had all the fucking money. <laughs> right. But in hindsight, a lot of the things that even at this level of like, oh, financially okay. I'm like, yeah, bro, that shit don't fucking matter. I used to love certain cars. And I'm like, oh, I don't even right, want it. I don't even want that shit. Like, it's no, like, I know right. it's wild. You know what I mean? I, 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 you know what I want to do? I want to learn how to grow food. Yep. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like. Nature doesn't care about your money. Right. Nature will respect your ability to withstand a fucking hurricane with your money if you've built the right structure. Sure. But nature doesn't care about your Bentley. Nature <laughs> will throw a hurricane and flip your fucking quarter of a million dollar Bentley twice. You know what I'm saying? It, it, so it ain't like, looking at the brand before it launches. Oh, no, it's not like, oh, shit, he's got, you know. Lexani rims on that one. Let's make the hurricane go around. It's not going to do that. Right. You know what I mean? And so like, those are the things that when you get to certain, you know, like you said, lines in the sand, you start to go like, Oh, I still got to deal with me. Right. You know what I mean? And, and, and dealing with you, if all of these spiritual practices are accurate and dealing with you is really dealing with everything. That's what, that's what actual conservatism like politically is supposed to mean like the conservative is supposed to believe that you internally fix the shit that's wrong with you. And then you instill those values into your family and loved ones. And it bubbles out. Right. Current states of what we're calling liberals believe that if we use the state, the state will make rules and it will be better for the overall society because we made this rule. Oh my God. I just had an epiphany that I've, I've got to interject as you were describing that trickle down economics, the thing that, that leftists hate, they want to do trickle down culture. Yes. That's crazy. And it's, and it's the funniest (laughs) thing, but in watching it, 
when you've seen it fail, again, you had a conversation about socialism. It's like, oh, man, you really think it's going to work this 40 years. <laughs> right. Oh, I get it. No different than like economic Austrian economics and dudes being like, oh, man, you think this like printing shit is going to. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's totally. You know I mean, at a certain point, you Zen with it. You're like, right, oh, right. give him a second when he's fucking broke. <laughs> then it becomes like, oh, now you got to like the, now you're more cautious about just jumping out there on a thing without doing looking back in history right. and going like okay even if this is new let's just watch it a little bit before we call it the absolute truth because mm-hmm. none of it is it's like again a mixed economy when people say oh fucking socialism is bad but you highlight firefighters which i respect mm-hmm. their job is socialism they took the money out of your check and they paid their check with like your shit you know and so it's like oh i or charity. Black Guns Matter exists. This is a social experiment. Mm-hmm. People donated money voluntarily and they were charitable through a, a social benefit and said they redistributed their own wealth voluntarily and said, we want to give you Maj money because you've been a steward over it to help people that may not know what we know in regards to firearm safety and things of that nature. I'm not mad at that. We didn't force anybody. We didn't, we didn't tell, you know, lobby to the government to make that a thing. If in Philadelphia you want, then we're going to take 2% tax on. We didn't do that. Right. And we've been impactful in doing it that way, which is a form of a mixed economy. Mm-hmm. You know, certain people that are free market capitalists that was making money. You know what I mean? Some dudes that were straight up PPP loans and cronies and like, we got a little couple extra. Let's give some to Maj. It's a mixed economy. The mixed understanding of this thing that is the human experience as above, so below, bro. Like whether that's Mm. spiritual or political or Mm. all of that shit, that mixed economy and that balance of the universe is how we going to get this shit back on track. Right now, what's happening, though, is we dealing in so much extreme. We on that Sith Lord shit. Where, but we Jedi's for real, for real. We don't deal in them extremes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's going to be a smaller percentage of those people because those people have had to come to terms with so many things that they've accepted. And the founding fathers, you know, they say 3% of them dudes was really about that action. That's about right. <laughs> That's about like when, right. You, when you look at it, it's like, nah, I can, I can, I can, I can, 3% is a reasonable estimate of people that would really be willing to get it popping. Right. You know, and in the five percent teachings, they say that, you know, is 100 percent of the population. Eighty five percent are dumb, deaf and blind. Ten percent know the truth, but they kind of like wicked. The remaining five percent of the righteous teachers that want to share the knowledge and grow and all of that. I'm good. Three percent over here. Five percent. Eh, that's that's close. You know what I mean? And so it's it's the same thing. It's like that's the, the antidote to my own nihilism. I like it. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, yeah, it was only supposed to be like three to five percent of motherfuckers right. anyway. Yeah. You know, and so. I mean, because like even when we talk about the one percent. Yeah, it's about right. It's only like one percent of even. But there's only about one percent of the people that like really move the world's resources. Right. And mm-hmm. in, in the global scheme of things. Sure. But even then, you know, you start to look at what people are calling the one percent and what it what financially would they say you have to make in order to be part like to make be part of the one percent 
mon- monetarily, you only have to make like a half a million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. So technically, I'm in the one percent. But but on a different level, on the you know W.E.B. Du Bois talked about when you talk about black folks, the talented tenth. You know, these smaller percentages of people that have had some sort of life experiences, the Malcolm X's, you know, these people that have had lived such a rich life and experience in such a short period of time, the Bob Marley's, the Tupac's. Tupac was 25 years, 26 years old when he left. Yeah. Like Jay-Z wrote Reasonable Doubt. It came out when he was 26. To Eddie Murphy. Killing the it. founding fathers, dudes was like fucking teen, like 19, like 25. Right. And so, like, you have to think about this from that perspective. To uh, well, you don't have to, but I'm just saying, like, to me, right. it makes sense that there will be a smaller percentage of those people, especially now, because we aren't even having the same lived experience to get that mm-hmm. spiritual, you know, most people never even been in a fucking fight before. How much can you know about yourself? It's like, it's like, you know, Troy, like Brad Pitt and Troy. Like, you know, I wouldn't want to fight a big man like him. That's why nobody's going to remember your name. Mm-hmm. Because you, you, you're concerned about the inevitable. You, death. Like, wh- tell me where you can go in, in, like, on this planet where you're safe from death. Nowhere. And, so, and, like, and I, I don't think I want to be there anyways. <laughs> that shit probably boring as fuck. <laughs> exactly, dude. Both. Yeah, well, I uh, I remember as you were talking about that, I remember this this time um, I was at this house party and one of my buddies was like dating some dude's ex or some bullshit. I don't know. It was 15 years ago, but uh, they they mobbed this this house party and there's like 15 dudes. They're they're a Vietnamese gang and they they come with what like bats and shit and they drag my homie outside of the house and they start roughing him up and and we got a whole house fill, filled with my best friends. And I'm thinking like, oh, these dudes just fucked up. They brought 15 dudes to a 30, 30 guy fight. Like you're fucking toast. I'm out there. I'm out there. For, I'm the first motherfucker out there. And I started scrapping like three of them at the same time. I turn around and I look at the house party. I got two dudes following me. Everybody else is like on their phone, you know, like on the cops and shit. I was like, damn, man. All right. Well, then there's your 3%. There's your yep. 3% right there, man. Like most yep. people aren't ready to rock. So yeah, our lesson. job, I believe if we want to be like Christ-like is to get them to be prepared for that. It's, it's Arjuna and Krishna, you know, Krishna manifested in the Bhagavad Gita to help Arjuna like do like the enemies of good are fighting and they're coming. And Arjuna's teaching up until that point was like empathy. But in reality, he was scared to fight. And Krishna showed him a visual. I say this story all of the time. Krishna showed him a visual of the war and it was already done. Like all of the enemies of good and righteousness were already dead. And Krishna said, it's already done. The very, you can pick up your bow and do it or the very nature of who you are will force you to do it. And you just suffer the whole time. Mm-hmm. You're talking this empathy shit because you, it was, that was the lesson up until this point, that line in the sand. Mm-hmm. Now it's war time, mm-hmm. you know, People are anti-gun because they don't want, guns are scary to them. You're afraid. If you inform yourself, you will no longer be afraid. afraid. Mm -hmm. Pick up your bow, you know? And a lot of times if people know you're willing to pick up your bow, 
a lot of that bullshit won't come your way because it's a deterrent. Like I'm a warrior in the garden, bro. I do not want to be a gardener in the war. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so That's like true. getting, I think it's our job to be Christ-like, to be whatever, insert whatever religious thing. Sure. To just share information with people to help them on their journey to get, you know what I mean? Politically evolved, spiritually evolved, health evolved, whatever. Mm-hmm. Or not. Just use it all internal for self. Ironically, the very essence of who you are indeed other people are watching and going to go, man, that guy works out. He trains. He's so nice to people. He's this. Damn, that dude's dangerous as hell. But he's like so nice to people. They'll start emulating it, you know. Yeah. So you just pick, you know, you pick your path out this joint. It's like them books back in the day. If you want to do this, turn to page eight. If you want to do this, turn to page four. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you've you've done uh, a lot of that in, in the most recent years. I think uh, you've definitely had an impact on me. Your, your speeches have been... Um, just so touching just to be totally honest uh, i really i can feel the passion with which you deliver these things and and because i mean obviously I, i'm already in your camp so uh but the point being is that i think you reach people that aren't in our camp and i think yeah. that that's what's most special about you is that you know people can sense realness and truth and i'm just so appreciative that you've been doing what you've been doing and and i hope that you don't retire anytime soon because mm-hmm. we need we need people like you man so thank you so much for coming on I appreciate you, man. Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. And libertarians are better Democrats than the Democrats and better Republicans than the Republicans. A Republican president, a Republican-controlled Congress, presided over the biggest expansion of government up to that point in history. And what's going to happen when they realize that Social Security is nothing but a racist, sexist, ageist, Ponzi scheme. I mean, how badly do you have to screw something up before we finally conclude that uh, maybe government can't solve this problem? The free market is the ultimate expression of democracy. I do the show two days a week. It's a free show. You sure you don't want to see some evidence to back up any of their claims before you get us into another war? Their entire existence is exploitative. Everything they eat, everything they drink, the roof over their heads. It was all paid for from theft at the threat of violence. Isn't it interesting that an education system run by the government somehow churns out a bunch of people who favor the government handling everything? That's the type of accounting that would get you thrown in prison if anybody else were to do it. But that's how the federal government operates. Black, white, Indian, Asian, rich, poor, short, tall, everybody benefits from freer markets. Libertarianism is principled, it's philosophically sound. In the arena of ideas, we cannot be defeated. This is the Peddling Fiction Podcast. The voice and soul of so-called fiction. Follow me on Twitter at Pedal Fiction. Download and subscribe. And no matter what happens, keep on peddling that so-called fiction. Peace. Big 
shout out to everybody that's been with me since Jump Street. Appreciate y'all. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweet from your phone. Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne. If you're riding with the thought, you've always got a home. The virus is scared of, will come and it'll go. The government knows, just don't get treated like a hoe. Like Nico and Shane, you're probably wondering what's happening. Scared Hollywood left these lyrical feppin'. A typo and Luke might bring them nooses. We all bite the bullet, I'm the king of the gooses. Freckles and Brit, didn't know I could spit. Knew I was a patriot, but now I'm a shit. Peter Quinones, invite me on Which podcast sends custom songs Part of the problem, now I stand with the people Dave showed the way, but I am unequal Lions of Liberty, now hear me roar Beat running out, but I got a bit more Robbie the Fire, always running his mouth But I made him a sandwich, now I'm man of the house The malice for Nick, but you're welcome to quit I went over BLM with a fire I spit Friends against government just call us fags Copied the Cairo, put mummies in the bag Liable opinions get thrown on the ground Silky Smooth Tom was the only sound Getting so hot must be air July Screaming in the mic and rip a 59 Miles to ratio that black guns matter Now all these lefties got crazy small bladders None of us wanted war but we're ready You know I be bopping and rock steady Liberty lockdown, please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone but yeah it's on hold Where did it come from and where did it go It requires a fight, not tweeting from your phone Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne If you're riding with the thought you've always got a home The virus is scared of, will come and it'll go The government knows this, don't get treated like a hoe Thank you.